Ramble. We love our unions. Welcome to Guilty Pleasures, the show that loves what it loves. And oh my God, what the fuck is going on? This is not a typical episode. This is a motherfucking special. That's right. Our corn daddy is out of town, still on his honeymoon light. But don't worry. Me and Rick, good old Rick, got you covered. Yeah, we do. We're actually doing an entire episode about the thing that has been plaguing us Personally, existentially, yeah. career-wise, for the last how many months? Four and a half, five, five-ish. The yeah. Hollywood strike. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um, we felt it important to cover uh this topic for an entire episode because we realized that a lot of you, dear watchers and listeners, guilty horse. That's the name of our podcast audience, by the way. In case no one told you. <laughs> um, <laughs> That you, you guys don't really know much about this strike beyond perhaps just what you're seeing from Twitter or, you know, the news or maybe on TikTok. So we wanted to really dive into the details about what's going on, where the status is. And, you know, we had to bring in an expert. Yeah, we did. So, uh, Garrick, do you want to yes, yes. give a good we old intro? In, we brought in uh, my WGA captain on our <laughs> show, um, Rick and Morty writer, Animaniacs writer, Jess Locker. Thank you Hi, so much. For Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks yeah. so much for doing this. Yeah, of course. Um, I think a good place to start as someone that is not in the WGA, me, uh, I'm coming from the layperson world. Uh, how the fuck did this start? Like, great. where? how did we get here? Great question. Well, all of the Hollywood unions, like the WGA and SAG and IATSE, are on three-year contracts. So every three years, our contract is up, and then we go back to the companies to say, um, you know, what is what will the terms look like for the next three years? And I think three years ago, there was a feeling that if we hadn't been in the middle of COVID, we might have pushed things then, mm -hmm. but we were in the middle of COVID. So we sort of let those negotiations just like roll through. But then when we got to, um, when we got to May of this year, our contract was up on May 2nd Ooh. and there was a real rumble. I mean, we had a feeling like going into it, yeah. that it was likely that, that there was going to be a strike. Wow. So when May 2nd came, um, the, like our board, our negotiating committee of the WGA had been talking to the companies and trying to reach an agreement and they were still like very far apart. So they voted to strike. Mm. So we started our strike, the WGA strike on May 2nd. And the things that we were fighting for seemed just really like non-negotiable. Like there, mm -hmm. it just didn't feel like there was a way to accept the terms that the studios were offering even to the extent where it felt to us, I think, like what the studios were offering was designed <laughs> to yeah. incite a strike. It was it was the, they were offering the death of writing. Yeah, mm -hmm. the exactly. Death of the career. Yeah. As a, as a whole. And and really like offering uh, terms that felt insulting, like mm -hmm. that they wouldn't engage with us on things that we had asked for it didn't feel like they were really trying to make a deal with us mm -hmm. it felt like they were sort of saying like fuck you guys this mm -hmm. is where this is where we are take it or leave it and so we walked and can i stop you real quick to yeah. ask um a couple questions of like the outsider looking in when you're talking about the people you're in negotiations oh, with totally. we're talking about studios what does that mean because so there's the, yes so yeah. there's a, an, a group called the amptp mm -hmm. it's all the big studios it's like sony nbc universal netflix warner brothers discovery it, it's it's all yeah. the it's all the, the companies and a lot of people don't know that these companies actually like own other like sex, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like people won't wouldn't like maybe Disney necessarily owns, realize that Disney, Disney owns, owns Hulu. Hulu and ABC and all yes. Of those. But it yeah. was so it was everything, all of those networks except for independent. Yeah, indies are are different. Mm -hmm. They have um, and some of them were able and like these SAG waivers that have yeah. been happening. Like, um, 
I believe like A24 got a bunch. Yeah, yeah, they... could like work outside the contract because they just agreed to the terms that SAG was yeah. asking I think for. that was like the first sign of like yeah. tr the, the disparity between the studios and the unions was yeah. when the indies were like gladly fighting Yeah, we can do it. Yeah. Well, and I think that is the thing. So now that we're at the end of this, so the WGA was on strike for 148 days to Oof. get the deal that we got. SAG is still out on strike. And the deal that we got if you look at it, there is nothing in that deal that feels like it needed 148 days of Oof. strike to reach. It is a totally reasonable deal. There's nothing crazy about it. Yeah. There's nothing that is like so mind blowing right. that we had to like shut the town down. Yeah. So that's what I was going to ask too is like when you say you go on strike, people thought, okay, so writers go on strike that all that means is like nothing's being written right now right but like can you explain what that meant like when you guys went on strike everything well yeah. the thing that stopped the thing that was huge about this strike was that the teamsters who are basically like the people who drive the trucks mm -hmm. um said at the very beginning that they would not cross picket lines mm -hmm. so when we threw up a picket line not only did it mean that like nothing was getting written but it meant that the trucks that have the lights in them wouldn't cross the picket line to get into the studio. To go, it'll work. It's a huge, yeah. huge deal. So yeah. it had a, it had massive implications, mm -hmm. and um, the WGA was throwing up like location based pickets where they would go. You know, there were pickets like in Cape Cod. There oh, were wow. pickets all over New York City. So wherever there was a picket line, there was disruption to mm. productions. And productions still were able, some of them, to continue with scripts that had already been written. Right. And that was, like, technically kosher. Uh -huh. As long as there wasn't any writing yeah. being done on set. But uh, what you realize if yeah. you are on set is... And I'm sure, Garrick, you probably... Yeah, it's a huge deal. Part, they they yeah. literally will rewrite a script the day before you start filming. And that's what you see in movies when actors are running into their dressing room yes. being like, we got the new pages. Got the new like, pages. I have to learn all of this. Yeah, it's like, that it's happens. Like, it's very common it's practice. It's very common practice. It's yeah. constant. It is sometimes throughout the entire production mm -hmm. of that episode. Right. So you'll be shooting an episode for like three or four days, and then you'll get new pages from the third day um, that are different from the first day, right. um, that are different from the fourth day. And so I am so like curious because I know that House of Dragon or I, I'm not even was it, I'm, well, I'm not promoting anything. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess not. Um, or House of Dragon is coming out and that was filmed without onset writers. So wow. if anybody's really trying to pay attention to the dip in quality of not having your writers on Ooh. cam or on, on set with you, that's one of the bigger um, – that'll probably be one of the bigger shows to pay attention to. And, and it also sort of makes you wonder, like, did they like did mm. they really lock it down? Like, they didn't right. change a single word on set. They didn't set. change a single word. You word. have to imagine there's no way. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. It's, it's something is – something's going to make people very upset. Yeah. I feel like I, I think that there's going to be like, oh, wow, this is really good. Uh, and then halfway through, like, episode five – you're like, wait, what, what the fuck happened, happened here? Yeah. Yeah. What happened to that character I loved so much right. and who's gone now? Right, right, yeah. right. Um, I'm curious, too, as, like, you guys were preparing to strike, mm -hmm. right? Like, I know some writers on big scripted shows that make a fucked... Like, writing was making a lot of money, but not... That's a very small percentage, and what the, like, quality and how much they give wasn't even... They weren't even getting, like, their worth necessarily. Mm -hmm. And so, for people who make, you know, the big bucks, if you will, as writers, versus people that are just getting started, getting their big breaks, getting into rooms, like, how did you guys prepare and also provide safety nets for people financially because I couldn't imagine looking and being like, we're about to go on strike. We have no idea how long this is going to yeah. last, yeah. but I have no choice but to fight for my rights. Yeah. Like how can you talk a little bit about like how you guys came together to support totally. each other? I mean, it's a great question. I think one thing that made this strike in particular possible for the writers. And I think it's this similar for the actors is that it is a career where there's, you'll work for three months and then you won't work for mm. nine months yeah. or you'll work for six months and then you'll, you won't work for a year. Yeah. Like a lot of people in this industry are really accustomed to long 
lags between jobs and you just sort of like squirrel your money away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Planning for the long winter. Absolutely. There's so many long <laughs> winters. The winters are long and they're they're, they're cold. They're cold and, <laughs> and everybody's just trying to gather nuts underneath a tree yeah. or something like that. So so I think we were trained to I mean, when you look at the strike, like I'm so curious about what's gonna happen with like the United Auto Workers and some of the mm, other strike right. labor movements that are happening. But I think for our industry in particular, we were really well suited to to just like buckle down mm -hmm. and have a long period um, without work. And the other thing that was great about this industry is like, as you said, a lot of people in this industry make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And so they were able, the, the WGA already had a pretty robust strike fund mm. that w just existed for wow. things like this. And then in addition, um, there were other, um, the actors fund, is it called the actors? I, I always forget what it's called. The Entertainment Community Fund is right. what it's called now. But they had a huge um, assistance fund too, where I know like the like the board of the WGA were all making personal mm. contributions. There were writers, showrunners donating like millions of dollars to those relief yeah. funds. So that and that was something that felt really um it just it felt really cool and really important yeah. that there was like an acknowledgement of how much disparities that there is in this business. And that was like part of why we were going on strike. Yeah. Right. Is because the people who came up 15 or 20 years ago are so flush. They were yeah. so well taken care of. Yeah. They had like broadcast shows that pay them residuals that they're able to just sort of like coast Live on of. for yeah. the rest of their oh, lives. Yeah. Whereas people who are coming up now, Streaming. it's really like scraping yeah. some yeah. scraps together yeah. and hoping that you can like pay your rent. Yeah. So it, it did. It felt like there was an acknowledgement that that was something that that was happening and, and that people need to fix. And yeah. I think the other sorry, did you want to? No, I, 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 I mean, we're bringing up residuals. It just always reminds me about um, this one writer story um, who was writing on The Simpsons for for however many years. God bless. Like God bless. Oh my God, he really got the he got the good one. You know, writing on The Simpsons for like I don't at least probably ten years or something like that. And he said that not even when the show aired, but like when they did one of those marathons uh -huh. of The Simpsons, he has four kids and he was like, from the residuals alone, halfway through that marathon, all of their college was paid. My God. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's, just, incredible. it's incredible. <laughs> so it's just like that, that entire cushion went yeah. away. Yeah. With wow. streaming. All of that is is gone. There is no there's no idea of like, okay, if I'm on this show, I'm taken care of in those long stints of time because I'm being paid residuals for the work that I did and for the IP that I um, contributed to over the the course of that was mo months. mostly what I was gonna ask to clarify too was like. I don't I think people saw on like Instagram and Twitter people kind of these actors coming out being like, oh no, you guys don't understand that like. Yes, you've heard of these cushy stories, but streaming changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. What happened when streaming became the normal or like the preferred way to consume media that the contracts didn't change or like the the standard didn't change over? Let me try not to say something just like blatantly incorrect, <laughs> but I think so the the last writer's strike which was in 2007 was about streaming and it was a and it was because there was this whole new thing that was at the time called new media mm -hmm. and it meant stuff that was streaming it was not covered under the same basic agreement as like theatrical releases it was it, it was you could tell that it was going to go its own bad way mm -hmm. and so they um, the people in 2007 were trying to put controls on what streaming would become, but I don't think they really knew could see yeah. how much it would change the landscape of how things are made. And so I don't think we were able to get everything. It Like if we could go back to 2007 and make an agreement like from now, I think that like we would have... Yeah. 
gotten a better deal for streaming yeah. and some of these problems never would have mm-hmm. I, uh, evolved i genuinely think that in 2007 if they got those protections uh streaming wouldn't exist the way exactly. that exactly yeah i think that they would have immediately jumped to the um the ad supported streaming yeah. rather yeah. than like it would have been like a tivo thing right where it's just like you can record this and record all of the commercials that are yeah. involved but for the most part you have to pay for advertising because yeah. it, I, I I feel like streaming got to blow up to the point that it that it got to mm-hmm. um, based off of the loophole that they're exploiting with the 2007 strike. And or, the fact that like all of streaming was, you know, Netflix became this model for like, you know, it was like, oh, it's disrupting television and it's new way of making content. But really what it did was it introduced a, a model of like making huge, really expensive shows and then count- gauging their success on how many subscribers you have. Mm. And it's like, as long as you, your subscriber count keeps going up and keeps going up, then like it's worth it to spend all the, all this money mm-hmm. on making these huge shows. And, um, and what happened in the last couple of years is that we realized there's a, that's just not how this business right. works. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a cap to a how many humans there yeah. are. They yeah. <laughs> all what? have Netflix. Yeah. We got it. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so when that system, which like, it, you know, it seems pretty obvious in retrospect, like, oh yeah, that system's going to eventually collapse. Yeah. But, um, but I guess we just decided to like really ride it out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, see, we got stranger things out of it. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah. see how far we could take it. And, and so when we went into these negotiations, what we were hearing from the companies was we're not making as much money as we want to right now. So we well, are taking it out. On you. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's because they broke, they broke a system that was making everybody money like hand over fist for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, fuck it. Let's, let's stream baby. Let's right, see yeah, what happens. Yeah. Into it. And, and what happened was they started making less money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so when we came to them and said, you know, here are the protections that we want. Um, they were like tough shit. We're, we're cash poor. So we're offering you a really bad deal mm-hmm. in the hopes that we can just sort of like bully you into Taking it, but you're, but it's true. Like it is not the fault of labor when the bosses break their business models. Exactly, and we can't be eating shit so that you know Ted Sarandos can have like forty seven million additional dollars per day. Yeah, I think that was like the one of the most viral things that came out of this was like we got to see again like the disparity of and the salaries of these huge um owners and so my question is also uh why wouldn't they just take that 0.01 cut or whatever right i think to the obvious person you're like okay he's just that egotistical and money hungry or what really actually needed to happen for them to change their business to be able to afford what you guys were asking for and can you kind of touch on sorry two part question yeah like can you kind of touch on the buckets of things you were asking yeah so to answer the first part of your question um i think they didn't need to change anything to be able to afford to pay us what we asked for. Yeah, wow. They all. just didn't want to pay us what we asked yeah. for. They, ha- If you look at, and I'm sure you've seen these charts online where it's like, you know, it's like a pie chart and you can see the, the slice of what the WGA is asking for. And the deal that we ended up getting is for something like $230 million yeah. a year. Like that's like a, that's like a John Nothing. Wick movie. Yeah. That is a, that's a single John Wick movie. It, yeah. it is so it's so bananas that it took this concerted and protracted of a labor effort to get that much wow. money out of the studios when you know that they have, have that. that money. Yeah. And I think the reason why they drew this really hard line in the sand was because, well, for one, in 2007, the AMPTP was like, you know, like Warner Brothers and Disney and these companies that had to make movies and had to make TV shows because that was their business. Yeah. 
And now the AMPTP is like Apple and Amazon and, oh, yeah. and these huge conglomerates. And they don't fucking care yeah. if they make they don't That's, like Apple doesn't care if they make a the TV show. Side it's a project. tax write off. It's a right? tax write off. <laughs> exactly. If they, if they, exactly. If it fails. Like who, who cares? They, like I have the iPhone coming. They out. do not. They <laughs> do not care. Yeah. And and I think that attitude of big tech companies that are built on exploited labor mm. that don't care about human beings and that that have like a like a very um you know have like a a, a really strapped labor force at the bottom and then like mega rich men at the top yeah that's pretty real you know <laughs> yeah. making making billions of dollars that's the model yeah. and so you go into a company like that and you're like hey we are your labor force and we demand these protections and they're like well, we don't want to give it to yeah. you. We don't give protections to people who need to use a bathroom. Why would we give you a exactly. protection over we your don't, right. like IP. We don't care about the people who work in our factories. We yeah. don't care about the people who deliver our packages. We don't care about the people we put out of business. Like They do not care about human beings. It goes deeper than I think we, as yeah. the outsiders looking at yes. this, realize. And that for me was like the thing that I'm taking out of this strike. Like <laughs> I immediately got... So once I started to think about that aspect of it, I got so angry about mm. it. My husband was like, you've been radicalized by the WJ. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's fuck yeah. yeah. I really have been. Like we we work in a we work in a town and in an industry where it is easy to sort of like put your blinders on and just like go to work and mm. do your fun yeah. show and mm -hmm. not really think about the um the 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 labor force in this country and the way that it has changed and the way that unions have lost power and the way that people have started to um, have fewer protections. And it's like the consolidation of wealth and it's the disparity between the top and the bottom. It's really like to get involved in this strike and mm -hmm. um, really like lit up that stuff for me and yeah. made me um, made me think so much more about, about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd always heard or like seen reports about the diminishing middle class mm -hmm. in America in general and always thought about that of being like, yeah, those are the people who are like, you know, nurses or, mm -hmm. or, um, you know, people making however much thousand uh, dollars per year, um, one income household or two income households and people who, you know, make a decent living. Yeah. Like they'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. You'll be, you'll be fine. And then realizing as I, you, you know, as you age that you are smack dab in the middle <laughs> of that class. Yeah. <laughs> and then having having that report of, of the diminishing uh, middle class hit you square in the face. Yeah. And I feel like that uh, it, I feel like th this entire strike was that where you're like, OK, well, you have to fight against mm. Um, this I American idea yes. that we have a lower class, a middle class, and an upper class, mm -hmm. and and that it is not always about striving for the upper class or trying to get there. Mm. Sometimes people just want to make a living so that they can feed their families. Yeah, you know, and that's like, you know, that was I, I think it was like a huge deal. And if that radicalizes you, then then sure, then like go yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah, and you know, the like the bigger the differences between the people who have everything and the people who don't have enough, yeah. the more those people need a union. Like mm -hmm. they need to have collective bargaining mm -hmm. because the the it is the only way. I like I wish that we could have just like a general strike in this country where yeah. we all just yeah, absolutely. like where we all were just like fuck it like yeah. it's not working we're, we're not buying shit we're today. not buying shit we're, and not we're not selling shit today. we're not paying rent and we're not and working. we're not and we're not we're not working we're not working because they're they're the system as it exists right now is so is broken yes. in like a profound way. And yeah, I, and yeah. I think like what something that I've been thinking about is how do you like, what are even the takeaways from the writer's strike? It's such a specific, well-organized, mm -hmm. small, it's like the perfect size mm -hmm. to yeah. do something like this. And we were able, I think to pull together and, and, and do something that feels really important. Yeah. And I want to touch on the actual specific details of the picket line, but first just super quick. Cause I asked a two part question oh, and the, I want to just go yes. back to like, what were those buckets you yeah, guys were fighting for? Totally. And then I want to talk about all the crazy picket line shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the big things that 
were covered in this deal, there are some basic things like um, raising minimums and some changes in the way that residuals and just for I don't know if everybody listening like residuals are basically when you write a script, you get paid for writing a script. And then every time that TV show or movie is watched, like in a classical sense, it was like every time you're you write Die Hard and then every time it's on cable, you get a piece of the you pot. get twenty dollars yeah. and yeah. you get ten dollars and yeah. it it is usually like a diminishing amount of money but it continues to be money and if it's something like friends yeah right. you know, you're still you're, you're rich set. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every, you're fine whenever, forever whenever people are like oh that actor fell off or whatever it's just like no they're fine <laughs> <laughs> that's like they don't have to work anymore yeah they don't they're have totally to fine. if you're wondering where David Schwimmer is it's in his pool <laughs> you know <laughs> no pun intended yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pun, no pun intended. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they were. So they did make improvements in um, in streaming residuals, in foreign streaming residuals. That was a big thing. The way that um, residuals are paid out in foreign markets. Wow. Um, and then then some of the like specific Writers Guild things that they were fighting for. One is room size. Mm. So like a writer's room. I mean, like on Rick and Morty, how many people do we have? Uh, ten? ten, I think. I think yeah. ten. Yeah, like, one per writer. Yeah, one per episode. Or nine something? or nine or ten. Nine so or ten. a a good sized room is usually like between, you know, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve people. It's like a healthy room full. You can split in half. There's people who are good at different things. Yeah. Um. Shows now are more likely to have smaller rooms to have like six or five or four people mm. and they've really been trying to like the companies obviously the fewer people are making a show the cheaper it is so one thing that the guild fought for and won on was having minimums for room sizes so there's a sliding scale basically for like how many episodes of a show there are where you're required to hire between three and, and six writers yeah. and a certain number of those writers have to be writer producers which is mm. a, a higher level better paid mm. um, tier of there's a real like clear sort of mm-hmm. ladder, like a mm-hmm. hierarchy in the WGA. Um, and and then another thing that was important was having writers on set. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, th- it was expected that if you wrote an episode, you would be on set mm-hmm. while your episode is being recorded and you would get a feel for what it's like to mm-hmm. produce a TV show. Not um, getting paid for that? No, that used to be a paid, that was like yeah. part of your job. And increasingly that is not included. No. Like usually what happens is a room ends and then um, you will be extended sort of a courtesy of yeah. like, would if you'd like to come to set while we're it's shooting gonna your episode. It's going to be a pain for all of us and we got to dilly dally yeah. to get you on set. You but like pay, that seems wild. You wouldn't want way. the writer on set. Yeah. Well, and it's it's never that like your showrunner doesn't want you on right. set. It's that they don't have the money right. to, to pay yeah. you to be on set. And yeah. so wild. The, and what that results in is like people come up, you've been working for five or six years, you've written a bunch of episodes, but you've literally like never, never. been on a set. Wow. And then how are you going to run a show? How like, are you ever going to become that writer producer if exactly. you never get to be in the yeah. presence of yeah. producing? So they, so anyway, they made this gain with the studios where they're in addition to the showrunner are two paid um, oh, yeah. writers for the duration of yeah. post i yeah. think wow for or the production of, of production yeah i think they said of production yes that yes yeah so it's, just, so it's just like the shooting okay. yeah. I, I don't think they have to stay around for the edit, edit. yeah or something like that but, yeah um yeah it's just pr- pretty much just allowing them to be on set yeah. and be paid for it yeah yeah so that was a big one and then um oh transparency has been something that yeah. they've been fighting for for a long time the um the streamers don't disclose right. how many people yeah. watch anything. Yeah. So we have no idea how many people They'll be lying. We yeah. have no idea. Yeah. It sort of makes you start to think like, oh, are they hiding something? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes, of course yeah. they of are. Course they they, don't, are. they yeah. don't they don't want their advertisers and their boards to really know how many people are actually watching things. Yeah. But they did agree to share um, that information with the WGA to some extent, if 20% of the people who subscribe to a streamer watch something in the first 90 days, you get 
some more money. Yeah. You're oh. not going to get like Friends money yeah. or yeah. Simpsons money, but right. you'll get a little bit of money. Yeah. And, and I think like with all of these gains, they might not be as good as the guild wanted them to be, but they're, it's it's now in the contract. It's like a codified thing where we can stand on those things next in three years a, a and, and build yeah. on them. That's crazy that it's every three years. Yeah. Because this felt like you were making up for the last like forty years. Of. Yeah. Well, what what Jesse was saying, like we they didn't strike during COVID because yeah. it's just like oh now you have to you don't work. On top of the fact that the yeah. world is shut down. Yeah. You know, it's just like that. It, it That is, I, I I believe Bob Iger said, like, this is the uh, the worst time mm -hmm. for them to be doing this, for people to be striking. And it's just like, no, there was a, a there even was a worse, worse time. Yeah. We could have done this to y'all. And it's just like, all right, let's just wait for And a how bit quickly sure. the industry's changed. And yeah. like, I think even yeah. just you kind of mentioned, like, even the AI bucket, where like, oh, yeah. Yeah. we didn't fucking care about AI three years ago. No. Yeah, we didn't know. I mean, this we is... didn't even, honestly, I went to um, a meeting at the WGA in April. It was like one of the membership meetings sort of leading up to the strike where people could talk about, um, you know, what are you worried about? Yeah. Like, what are you thinking about? Maybe it was a little, maybe it was like in March, but somebody brought up Chad GPT. Yeah. Somebody stood up and was like, what about Chad GPT? Like, is it going to take our jobs? And everybody was like, Laugh. no, it's Every, fine. Yeah. I remember <laughs> I, I wasn't at that meeting, but I, I literally remember that like, Going into negotiations in May when they started, or not, it wasn't in May, they started in like April, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It, it started off with like the conversation around AI was just like, I mean, it, it'll be fine. Nobody really cares about that. It's just, you know. That Black Mirror episode. It's just script. Uh, was, yeah. yeah. Was what fucked everybody right. up too. That's what but got a, us. A good amount of people like were that guy that stood up and was just like, oh, what? What about ChatGBT? This thing is actually something we should yeah. keep an eye on. And by the time we did go into the, like by the time they got into negotiations, that was one right. of their bargaining points. Yeah. It, because it it had become so clear just in like the, those three months that yeah. it was a, it was like a, a real right. imminent thing that, that the yeah. studios could use to replace us. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was crazy. Like, and it's what developing it, so quickly. Oh Yeah. And the, the big fear was being handed like a season of television written by an AI yeah. and the studio is saying, okay, fix, fix this. Yeah. And then, and then you get like, you know, you You're get like, like a, like a low level yeah. writer on a yeah. show created by an AI or whatever. Yeah, it, it been, We've I all think seen were, the, the AI written yeah. novels or yeah. like, I told ChatGPT to write a story. Like we've all seen how fucked up. Right. They're AI. not great. And no. then the, the, the other part it was... And correct me if I'm wrong, Locker, they didn't allow for copywritten material to be used to uh, train AI. So that yeah. we Whoa. sort of had to punt on. That's one thing that I think in the next contract. Yeah. So what they did reach is AI can't write a script. AI can't be like accredited writer. Yeah. They can't give us AI material to mm. rewrite, but they can okay. use Green. our material to train okay. an AI. And the guild has reserved that they said was one of the final things that they were trying mm. to get. And I think it was something that they had to give the studios to to get something else for for our side yeah. but um and they reserved the right to take issue with it in the future the way that it's used yeah sure. but they weren't able to rule that out and i think that was because you know chat gpt is being trained on i think exactly. it was because so many other language models are always are already being trained on yeah. copyrighted material uh, that yeah. the studios weren't willing to like Say that whatever their – if they had a language model, they wouldn't use the same rules that other language models are. Got it. Sure. You know Which, what I mean? Like That's a, such a huge thing because I – I, I really do think someone's just going to make an another – like a counter AI that can search through all the, the copywritten material that was used to train an AI that is now writing a script for someone right. else. And then – Pretty much tattle on the other AI and say, this was from this, this yes. is from this, giving people rights to sue. 
yeah. um, for oh, their copywritten like the material WGA's being used. AI lawyer. Yeah, it was like it's it'll probably be like a lawyer, a lawyer yeah. AI or something like it, it does I or it, it it creates a new type of lawyer. Like I always remember. Did we just make up a new TV show? I think we just made up <laughs> like a new AI TV AI Jag. Show. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. yeah. The uh the AI West Wing or something. Yeah. Not, that's yeah. definitely uh politics. But um yeah, I think that that is going to create a new type of lawyer that is going to like search through for copywritten 100%, material. 100%. Yes. Um I remember there was like this this one small time lawyer that would go to every comedy show and then sue the venue if they didn't have um assisted listening devices. Oh wow. And he was you know, it was just a guy that was just going around. But like all these comedy shows had yeah. had now have assisted um listening devices. But it's just like that type of like person <laughs> yeah in a weird sense ankle biting <laughs> lawyer yeah, yeah. that'll then you know it'll create um a, a new type of job totally. and a lucrative job totally. i feel like oh yeah. yes yeah absolutely yeah um i'd love to jump to some of the stories about actual striking right because yeah. I think we saw a lot of the more up upper level things. You know, we saw the celebrities going to the picket lines. We saw kind of the outcomes of what people were yeah. negotiating. Like we were getting these snippets, but like y'all were out there every single day yeah. in a way picketing. And I heard crazy stories about, and I'm not going to name names, uh. but I heard things where cars were, Getting a little too close to people. Oh. I heard oh, yeah. studios yeah. were chopping down trees so the picketers didn't have shade yeah. to sit in in the middle of Los Angeles summer. Yeah. Like, did you guys hear any stories of like, they tried to take Be- us down, but we weren't giving up? Before before we even get into it, I'm just going to fully point out, was not out there every day. Oh, Jess sure? was out there every day. You, I was not out there every day. as a collective Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a collective sure, yes. <laughs> but I was, I was trying to make it out. As often as humanly mm-hmm. as, as possible. Um, but yeah, I was not there all the time. It's okay. It's okay. Kara. Yeah, it's I feel okay. awful taking any form of credit in that regard. I, well, I was out. Um, I ended up being out usually like, so I was a strike captain. So that just yeah, meant was. that um, I had like a team, which was mostly the Rick and Morty writers and then a dozen other sort of random people who I communicated with and then. The captains were the ones who were out on the picket lines as much as we could be mm-hmm. to like, because there there is a lot of logistics and it also is so, by the end, it, it has a real camp counselor vibe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, we all like have our orange vests yes. and our like captain's hat and yes. we show up at yeah. 830 and we yes. like set up the card table and we like put out the snacks. Yes. You like make sure everybody has water and sunscreen. Um, and, and like, unsurprisingly that, you know, the people who volunteer to be captains are, it's like a kind of a particular type. Yeah, sure. (laughs) It's a real, it's a real sort of like, like, uh, it's a camp counselor type, you know, which is, which is, I'm guilty of that. (laughs) You know who you are. Um, but it ended up for me, I think like being out there so much, um, I, if I had been home, I would have been so anxious. And mm. it was such a, you know, at the beginning of the strike, everybody's like, I'm going to write a novel and I'm going to write a, I'm <laughs> going to spec this yeah. horror movie. Yeah. I'm going to, like, I had so many things that I thought I was going to do. And just thinking about the strike before it started, you're like, you know, I, I'm going to have all this free time. Yeah. And, yeah. But it was really di- different. It was hard. Mm. I found it very hard to work. But in a time like that to have a place where you could just go every day and see people who mm. wanted to talk about what was mm-hmm. going on. And also then you're really forced to stay positive because there's so many people showing up who you want them to feel good about picketing. You want them to feel like the strike is Working. important <laughs> and like that they're going to be okay. Yeah. So I found that like by being forced to show up and then be like aggressively cheerful, mm-hmm. Um, it really changed my attitude mm. towards the strike and made it like easier on mm. me across the board. But it was, I mean, it was hard. Like that was that story about the car. My, it was my friend actually, Gabe Garza and another guy, Gabe was a captain at Warner Brothers and he was in Atlanta um, picketing and it was like a line producer on a show that was shooting at, at the studio like came at them, oh like gunned his car at them. They had to like jump out of the crosswalk. I mean, it was completely intentional. People saw it happen. And I think he then like yelled at them or 
but you know, he was just pissed off because they were making it hard for his, the show that he was working on to shoot. Um, and he ended up, I think getting fired. I mean, I know there was an investigation. Fry's not um, arrested. Yeah. But I had that thought many times. It's like a very vulnerable place to be yeah. just like walking outside yeah. with a bunch of other writers. And you know that you are inconveniencing, um, a whole oh, some really a whole powerful powerful yeah. people just, yeah. just straight up it's just powerful people yeah. who yeah. don't even see you as a human being well the they, they say like there's power in numbers and what i saw through this was like the community aspect of like people talk about it all the time like well if you do it i'll do it like if you yeah. do it i'll do it yeah. like this it's really so was such yeah. an yeah. example of like there was so much power in numbers absolutely right. um and i i do want to talk about what we've learned is called scabbing right because there were people yeah can you explain kind of what scabbing is and what happened with people who scabbed or what will happen with people that scab yeah um yeah uh oh yeah i'll talk, talk about scabbing? I, I talk about scabbing so scabbing is is basically when you take a a job from a struck company mm. and so that is you with your labor crossing the picket line mm -hmm. in order to, um, you know, gain somewhere of, your, of yourself or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the main danger with scabbing is that you are going against a union of workers. Yeah. And so when that strike ends, that union, for lack of a better word, will not fuck with you. <laughs> I don't it's, fuck it's, with you. Yeah, exactly. So um, whenever people are like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm working on this thing. And you're like, wait, aren't we on strike? Like yeah, it'll be fine. It's not gonna it's be not fine Ooh, at all. Bad. It's it's yeah. really bad. It's you are you are undermining the um, efforts of I mean uh, with WGA eleven thousand people. Yeah, and um, while everybody agreed to not work, you are then being extremely selfish and mm -hmm. saying I'm going to regardless. But I think in terms of the WGA, there really was incredible solidarity mm -hmm. and i didn't i mean i heard some like sort of rumors of like mm. this person scabbing and blah 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 yeah. but i didn't see i didn't mm. see any of it i don't think people i really think people stuck with yeah. the union right. yeah. and, and i think people who are in the union the vast majority of them did not scab right i mean did some did somebody did some like pre-wj writer like do some work for somebody like under the table like i'm sure i'm sure that mm -hmm. that happened right and I think like most often there will be consequences for that having happened. Like there's a there's like a WGA committee that investigates yeah. accusations mm. of scabbing mm. and like takes action. Wow. So let's kind of fast forward a little bit. There seem to be a lot of back and forth. Like I just remember in our group chat, it would yeah. be like, it could be today. Yeah. But oh, then yeah. it was also like, if it's not over by Halloween, it's gonna be it's a over. long yeah, it's winter. Gonna, like it's next gonna be year, summer yeah. blockbusters yeah. are not happening. Like it definitely felt like we were always coming down to this like yeah. pivotal the moment. Event horizon. What finally kind of made it the moment? Well, the thing that changed was that the CEOs of the companies got into the negotiations. I think the only oh. thing that changed was that the companies realized that they had lost. I think the AMPTP realized that they that the WGA wasn't yeah. going to break. Yeah. I think wow. they, I think they started the strike hoping that we would break. I think they came back to the table in August w making like a kind of a fake offer of a deal. And that was really demoralizing. You know, like we, everybody got so excited that they were talking again. And then, uh, and then the result of that was like nothing, you yeah. know, they came back with some changes to their proposal. We made a counter proposal and they just wouldn't even respond. Yeah. Wow. They, they put out the entire proposal um, saying like, oh, look at how wow, look at the, yeah. they, they, they said they were going directly to, to the, the membership. WGA base. And that's yeah. a that's a tactic like mm -hmm. that is a strategy to break. That's union breaking. Mm -hmm. That's like the companies saying to us, don't you want to go back to work for these scraps? Mm -hmm. Like, look at these nice scraps we're giving you. Yeah. Come on back to the table. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work. And I think after that, they realized that they were not going to end this until they made concessions. Damn. And so when they did come back to the table, finally, it was with like the four big CEOs in the room wow. with them. So who was there before, if not the CEOs? Was it just like There's lawyers or lawyers stuff? and business mm, affairs? I, the AMPTP like 
committee. But right? that's a great question. I don't know who exactly is the yeah. negotiating committee for the AMPTP. Right. I assume it's, I mean, it's... Um, Carol Lombardi. Yes, Carol Lomb- Lombardini yeah, is the that, head of the yeah. AMPTP. Is that her, her real last name? Lombardini? Lombardini? Did she go kind of Twitter viral? I said Lombardi. I'm she, sorry. Yeah, when you Lombard- said Lombardi, I was like, to the no, family? No, no, no. <laughs> Lombardini. I'm sorry. I think it's Carol Lombardini. Yeah. She has, there's a very funny um, oh my God. fake Carol oh, Lombardini. Oh, fake account. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've been it's following that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a parody account. Yeah. But the, so yes, the, the people negotiating were representatives for mm. the companies, but it was not the CEOs of the company. So then it was like Donna Langley and David Zasloff and um, Bob Iger was Bob there. Iger and, and uh, Sarandos. Sarandos? Yeah. yeah. So those people actually came into wow. the negotiations two weeks ago and yeah. they were like, fuck this. Let's let's go back to work and once so what the wga said was once the ceos were in the room and the conversations were real it took three days to make the deal yeah it took three days i like another tactic right yeah they were waiting i don't even know if it's a tactic i think that that's your job as a Mm. ceo your job is to like bob Iger's whole thing is that like oh my god i made these huge deals with marvel with um fox and with um, Lucasfilms, right? And like that's like his his big win and all that, and and that's great. So if your entire job as a CEO is to make the deals, deals, then you should always be in these that's, conversations. But it's, you have to. It's exactly what you said, though. It's like it wasn't just their job was to be a studio head. Right. They're running these major tech companies, right. and they're right. going that, throw I, those guys I, in, right? See if they can get it done. And I get that on. The app, because even Apple wasn't Apple or Amazon. None of their CEOs or Tim Cook wasn't there. Um, um, because Tim Cook doesn't in. know fucking know, anything yeah, about know anything no, about this. The business. Yeah, he's trying to decide what color iPhone we get next. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's. I, I I hear he's great, but he's not. He doesn't care about the studio <laughs> no, no. stuff at all. Um, yeah. And then the 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 Amazon guy as well. Uh, yeah, the Bezos. Bezos. Uh, Bezos. He's not. He doesn't care. No. Um. So. With yeah, with these legacy um, studios yeah. and Netflix, uh, yeah, it, you you have to have that person that like actually cares about yeah. going to work in yeah. order to like the the fact that it only took three days, yeah. and that's why I do feel optimistic about the SAG negotiations, mm. yeah. and I hope that they will. Whatever happens, I hope they hold out to yeah. get what they, what they deserve. Yeah. Because I think they're on they're on day like eighty four right now, or mm-hmm. eighty. They're so in they the eighties right yeah. now. We went 148 days before yeah. we got an agreement. And I think they've got it in them. Like, I think oh, SAG yeah. can go the distance. Yeah. If, if, they, if they're if they not getting a good deal, I think they're going to stay out and strike. But I think that the studios are motivated in the same way that when they came back to the table with us, they were actually motivated to make a real yeah. deal. It's like they, wanted, they want the Emmys. They want yeah. award season. They want people to be able to promote stuff. Oh yeah, I don't. I think now that yeah. now that we are now that they've figured it out with the writers, I really hope that they've like come back in good faith and that yeah. something will happen. So that was going to be my next question, right? Was like we all remember the day that the stri- like we had a deal, they had a draft, it was ready to go, and everyone was so excited to get back to work. And then we're like, oh wait, but also the SAG is still yeah, 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 yeah. was uh, like. So the strike is over. Has anything been signed? Are you guys back to work? Are you striking in solidarity with that? We just had the ratification vote go out. What does it that mean? Started yes. Yeah, started yesterday. Yeah. So we so basically they send the deal out to all of the members, and then we get to read it and decide if we accept it. Okay. Yeah. Um. And I am, feel very confident that yeah. it's going to pass. I mean, there are things in this deal that you could wish for them to be a little bit better but overall it's really a good yeah it's yeah. really a good deal it's yeah. the it's like the deal that we deserve to get in right it it protects it as a career and it yeah. makes sure that like yeah. the next generation of because it really i mean they talk about this a lot and it feels sort of like cliche but you really are striking for people like in 15 or 20 yeah. years exactly. so yeah. that they will still have jobs yeah. right um so yeah, so that voting is happening right now, right? And right. I don't know when we get the results, but I, I'm sort of assuming it's, it's going to pass. I think it's end of the week. Yeah, I think yeah. it's at like October. So maybe by the time this comes out it, next week, it might yeah, be fully might be ratified, ratified and over. Yeah. But the board actually voted to end the strike 
before the ratification vote right. happened. Oh, so the strike did end um, officially. Yeah. Yes. So you guys are week. allowed to be going back to work. Yeah, and a lot of rooms restarted. This is it's a, yeah. yeah, it's a Tuesday today. Um, what, what's today's date? No. <laughs> Are y'all playing hooky? Um, October 2nd. Yeah, a lot, oh, of, a lot, of, a lot of, of rooms started on October, on October 2nd. 2nd. Ours, we are not going back for a few more weeks, which yeah, is yeah. actually really nice. It, yeah. it, it's a real whiplashy feeling oh, to God. go from, and I've still been out. A lot of us are still picketing with SAG yeah. Yeah. Um, in solidarity. So to go from like spending a full week on the picket line to like, <laughs> see, okay. oh, goodbye, I'm, yeah. I'm going back to work. It's a weird yeah. feeling. Yeah. But they're like a lot of these bigger rooms are like rushing to get back to like salvage their fall season. Yeah. And so with that, you like understand for the most part. Yeah. Um, and then I'm sure going back to the SAG deal, I'm sure they'll have to to make some kind of concession um, or because some deal because they have to promote these things. Like there's a lot of things that got pushed to the beginning of January right. or the beginning of like – February, let's say, like an example is if you do Dune, that Dune, (laughs) Dune part two, if Zendaya doesn't promote Dune, Dune doesn't exist. Dune doesn't work. Uh, If Timothy Chalamet doesn't promote Dune, nobody's watching Dune, unfortunately. Yeah. And then there's there's another movie that Zendaya is in. um, The tennis three. The tennis, the tennis one. And if she doesn't promote that, it's it's over. It's not going to happen. And so there's a lot of those that got pushed to the beginning of of the next year that they have to get people to promote in order for um, in order for them to exist. So for you guys to go back to work and if SAG is still striking, is it kind of okay because there's this buffer between like now you guys got to write shit and then they'll come and act on it? Mm. That's a great, I mean, I think everybody in the WGA really wants to support SAG and show yeah. solidarity with SAG. It is not part of our contract that we can refuse to, like the Teamsters have it in their contract that they don't have to cross picket lines. At all, no at, matter whose it is. Yes, Got they it. are allowed to, um, to on principle, not cross a picket line and not get fired from their jobs. Oh, sick. But most everybody else does not have that in their contracts. Mm. We, the WJ does not have that in our contracts. Uh. So we will, we can and will avoid crossing picket lines whenever we can. But I think that's currently being like mostly addressed by Zoom rooms and mm. ha- and like hopefully writing. I mean, I would feel really sick to my stomach, honestly, if I had, yeah. uh, if I were in a room that was, that had started yesterday that was on a lot with a picket line. Absolutely. Especially having spent, the last five months walking a picket mm-hmm. line, mm-hmm. I I would have a a really hard time yeah. in good conscience crossing the line. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. It does feel like um, you are being punished by your teacher, mm. um, and you guys all have to stay <laughs> in the classroom, even though the bell rang, yeah. and you're watching your friends run outside yeah. and run to recess, yeah. and you're just looking out of a window. Yeah, and you're like, "Fuck, man, I really want to be out there." It's just like. Seeing your friend stuck yes. inside is, you is get awful. To go back Why to you work. get to go back to work is Are awful. you part of SAG? Yeah. Wait, so are you technically still on strike? Yeah. yeah. But <gasps> but not but you can write. Right. I can write. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You just can't act. And then we are Got in it. a we're in a like Rick and Morty is uh, uh, be, beyond being just like a great job in many ways. It's also the actors. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into this because I don't understand it. But for some. <laughs> Yeah. reason that doesn't make any fucking sense actors can record voices yeah. while on strike yeah. it's a huh. different contract yeah i don't i don't know but the, don't but you're not here for that information yeah, yeah, dear yeah. Listeners. it's so, just really weird yeah. so rick and morty is now a we are able to work in good faith like yeah. we're like our actors are have been able to record and are still able to record and now the writers are able to yeah. write so we like as a show are yeah are, are in yeah the got it yeah. um which is like a, a lucky position to be in but hopefully that like hopefully sag is going to get a deal in the yeah. very near future and then it will just be over and it won't be an issue but i think that like that question of how do you support another union 
I don't know. It's hard. Wow. Yeah. So working. I think it's just like, yeah, just keeping the engagement up and, and mm-hmm. going out and supporting, yep. you know, going knowing on it's the picket not line. Over. Knowing that it's not over is a big thing. Yeah. Um, knowing that, you know, it's it's still an import, a very, very important group of people that literally saved our ass. Oh, yeah. my God. Say by, by joining. That was huge. Yeah, was, that was a huge turning point. The, it, the, the feeling on the line... <laughs> When, I mean, I think we were at at like day 60-something when SAG joined. We were so tired. Yeah. It was so hot. Super it was hot. so demoralizing. And there there were days when there were more captains than picketers wow. at, like, at, at the lot where I was or at a certain gate. It wasn't constant, and we did generally have really good engagement and really good turnout. But people just got really tired. Yeah, of course. And, um, and when SAG showed up, it, they have so you know SAG has ten times more members yeah, right, than yeah. the WG has like eleven thousand or twelve thousand members and SAG has like nine billion members <laughs> yeah, nine. and so it's every like, person in Los Angeles yes yeah, all exactly. of Los Angeles yeah, is in yeah. SAG and so even if like one percent of SAG shows up it's huge yeah. it's just like a massive turnout yeah. and they yeah. were so you know as the, you expect SAG to be everybody's like so excited to have yeah. a megaphone yeah. and like oh they want to hug you the, and dance and well they're performing. The Performers at the end of the day, yeah, they were taking yeah. on a role. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People were doing cartwheels down the crosswalk, all kinds. Oh, of, not really. I, but I, I live close to a studio, and yeah. gladly traffic was blocked all the time trying yeah. to leave my my area because right. there was some concert going yeah. on. Yeah, or some yeah. Crazy shit across the street, and Insane. there was the the first day that SAG joined. I, I was I was like, let me. I you. I feel like everybody needs to witness this yes. amount of mobility in general. It was amazing. It was incredible. There was yeah. like at least 2,000 people wow. <laughs> just yeah. like on the streets walking around. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I might be uh, upping that number, but I. No, I, I mean, we had, there were just a, like Warner Brothers alone. There were days yeah. when we had more than 1,000 people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah it, was, were, it's it was a huge turnout all insane. over. It yeah. reminds me a lot of like, and I wonder if the timing, you know, serendipitously, like, over COVID, yeah. we really saw the way that like people were advocating for like George Floyd and right. like we saw the way mobilizing human yeah. bodies yeah. And I, made a huge fucking difference. I I think that that is something that they didn't count on for Oof, sure. Yes, yeah. totally. It's, is that we literally just got out, got out of a, a, a show of force in yes. numbers. Yeah. And so... This was nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was like it's like okay, yeah, we can just walk in. The, we know how to walk in the street. We've been walking in the street yeah. for yeah. for like um, humanity for, for humanity for like I mean for the two, past three years, four well, years. Let's be really and there yeah. was a ton of crossover too with like I mean with the leadership in this yes. strike and right. people had come from like wow. social justice yeah. work and it people is. really knew how to like they knew how to mobilize people and they knew yeah. how to talk to people and they knew how to keep yeah. people safe. Um. I mean, holy shit, that was so informative for me. And I thought I knew, I thought I knew what was happening. So yeah. I appreciate both of you yeah. guys coming on. To- I hope I haven't said anything that's like really egregiously you incorrect. You should I, be I podcasting really all the time. You're great <laughs> with know, your words and speaking. Yeah, it was, um, it was very concise as yeah. well. And like, yeah, I'm learning so much as well. Like, it was, yeah. it was great, great, great. Yeah. Well, I'm really great. I am glad to be able to talk about it. And I think just like coming out of this strike, I feel mm. really mm. energized about where this goes yeah. and like where this goes beyond the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and how to stay, um, how to stay engaged in like what is like a, it's a, it's a huge moment in our and like mm-hmm. America is fucked if we don't unionize, yeah. if we don't like start focusing on the people who are like providing the labor in this country. Yeah. Um, we we have to we have to get back to that mindset that people had like in the 50s yeah. when you could like when the middle class was real. And yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things about the mindset of the 50s that we, it would be great not to go back <laughs> yeah, to. But I do think that um, that that the the union presence that used to exist in this country was part of what like helped America become a a, a powerful place and yeah. helped people feed their families and have job security and um we gotta we gotta figure out how to do that again. I f- I feel like if capitalism has handed over the power of 
the government over to companies, mm. then the worker is just as important mm-hmm. in this yes. this conversation in general because Absolutely. I don't feel like the government is going to come in, <laughs> step in and say, hey, I mean, we, we've been like knocking on the door of like antitrust laws for a while yeah. where the fact that Disney bought Fox in the first place is yeah. insane. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're creating a non-compete. Yeah. Um, the fact that we're only striking against eight companies wow. i feel like eight studios yeah. it, when it used to be like 25 wow. or something like that yeah um is is wild and so uh with all of that government's not going to step in to like stop stop these things so the only way that we actually can is, is by unionizing yep yeah. yeah um well thank you for your service uh yeah. and thank you also, for your service Captain congratulations Locker. i mean i know i got to see just from the outsider looking in how big of a deal this was and thank how monumental you. it yeah. was and like you said i think this is going to be like the conduit for a lot of change and like I history so. and like i don't know maybe in 20 years we'll look at our history books and be like yeah. i was there i still have my orange vest yeah um i'm, I'm framing my my strike sign yeah, <laughs> yeah. i can't fucking yeah wait. your post where you were like blank strike sign twenty thousand <laughs> or best no. <laughs> um i it feels silly but like where if people want to follow you and your work like do you have anything to promote now that you're not promoting the strike <laughs> um no i'm just, no i'm just a person i'm just quietly <laughs> i'm just quietly living my life yeah. you can but yeah i hope people will watch um rick and morty season seven is yeah. coming oh, out yeah in just a minute. Yeah. We're like so whole, excited. Oh, oh, my God. So excited to see it. It's so excited. It's, there's so many fucking good episodes. Yeah. It's, really, yeah. it's really good. It, yeah. The seventh season of it's, Rick and Morty is really, is, is really, really good. Really I, I, I didn't even work on it, and I feel proud of it. <laughs> yeah, I know, Honestly, right? I think what we're going to see come out of like this strike, I mean, people going back to work, is going to be some of the best work we've seen. Oh, Just yeah. people's energy and excitement and ideas oh, coming yeah. back is going to yeah, be absolutely. epic. So thank you both for being here. Um, I guess we're going to give this episode a full pleasure, full send. Yeah, yeah, full, 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 full Unions full are a full pleasure. pleasure. Yeah, unions yeah. are a full pleasure. <laughs> Nothing guilty about them. Not a, nothing at all. Uh, but until next time, Guilty Whores, I am Corn Diddy on all the things. I'm Kelsey Darrow on all and the I'm things. I'm Garrett Bernard on all the things. And we love our union. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>